This podcast is produced on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Cree, and other Indigenous peoples. We are mindful of broken covenants and the need to reconcile with all our relations. Together may we care for this land and each other, drawing on the strength of our mutual history of nation building through peace and friendship, being mindful of the ancestors and generations to come. Welcome to the Intersection Hub podcast, where we are making connections, fostering collaborations, and building community through candid conversations. I'm your host, Kimberly McKenzie, and I'm so glad you found us. The first time I logged into a Fundraising Everywhere event, I immediately could see that something different was happening. Not only is the platform one of the first pre-COVID online conference platforms, but the business model of Fundraising Everywhere is crushing existing ways of not just delivering conferences, but also building a values-based business that serves the charitable sector. Today, I am thrilled to welcome co-founder and director of Fundraising Everywhere, Nikki Bell. With over a decade of charity experience, Nikki is passionate about accessible and innovative digital methods that can help charities achieve success without adding more stress. Nikki is also building a company that values its people more than profit and is laser focused on building a culture that puts the well-being of their people first. In this conversation, we really pull back the covers of how Nikki and their business partner, Simon, are building something completely different than we have seen before. Please join me in welcoming Nikki to the Hub. Nikki, welcome to the Hub. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us, Kimberly. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better and um, chat about your business because I'm in awe of it. Um, but before we do that, I wonder if you could just give us a little bit of background. Let us know who you are and how you came to be in this line of business. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm Nikki Bell. I'm from uh, the northeast of England, North Shields, if anyone of your listeners has ever visited. Uh, someone usually has like a, a, a relative or a friend that's been to Union Newcastle. So it's not too far away from there. Um, and I've worked in the charity sector now for about 12 years. I started off working in charities, have worked as a consultant for charities. And it was through that work, um, you know, working with charities to give them the confidence and, and the skills and, and working on different projects that I realized that they were being excluded from a lot of the professional development and networking opportunities that existed in the sector. Mm -hmm. So typically you have to like leave your family, spend loads of money, go and stay for a few nights and go to this Mm -hmm. massive venue. Um, And you know, there's a space for that and it does help in some ways, but you know, if you've got a team of five people, only one person's going to get to go to that. The other four just kind of have to rely on some bullet point notes that come back. Mm. Um, so myself and Simon Scriver, who I know you've had on the podcast already, mm. we decided we wanted to change that. Um, and we wanted to make learning in the charity sector equitable and accessible to every fundraiser everywhere. So we started fundraising everywhere in 2019. Mm-hmm. pre-pandemic which is important to note yeah um, you know, I was gonna say yeah yeah as a result of the pandemic right no <laughs> we were there for equitable reasons not out of necessity and, and therefore we will remain uh, post-pandemic as well so don't yeah. worry about that um it, but it, yeah we we sorry no you go ahead 
Yeah, I was just going to say we, we set that up and um, the plan was to just do it like a once a year event. Um, and as soon as we wrapped on that first conference, we realized that actually there's so much more to do here. Mm. So um, we kind of sacked off our consultancy stuff and just threw ourselves into this. And uh, now we have monthly conferences looking at different uh, niches within the charity sector. So you've got the Legacies Conference Individual Giving. Um, we also created BAME Online. Uh, which was or is uh, an event uh, that seeks to uh, end racism in the charity sector. And we actually partnered with, well, we hired Martha, our jobby, uh, to be our curator oh, for that. she was brilliant at the... Yeah, she meant. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's uh, well, just, the I hope that she'll come on the podcast we're talking about that because the concept of not talking about DEI and talking about anti-racism first is just so did you love that session that was on the over to you conference wasn't it I was in July yes yes yeah um so yeah they're amazing um and and we handed over the event to, to Martha um like the full IP uh for free um in January of last year just because we realized that like it was it was right for it to be you know owned um and and led uh by martha because you know she made or they made the event you know exactly what what it was so uh, we've done that and then we do uh, other um bits to support the sector as well so we've done like the accessibility talks to help fundraisers who were going through recruitment processes in the pandemic to make sure that they were treated fairly mm-hmm. um and then we also do reactive things as well like when virgin money given shut down we we responded with an event to that so we were very proactive in our support that we give to the sector but we're also there for the kind of tough, tough spots when charities need us as well and next year 2023 we are looking at bringing over to north america um a, a kind of tailored uh, set of events for, for north american fundraisers as well which is geared around the challenges that you folks are facing um so look out for that because we're excited to, to bring I, it over i do want to talk about all of that and um <laughs> <laughs> there's so much there to dig into so i want to let folks know that if they if they want to learn more about about fundraising everywhere that last season, um, season two, episode four, we did chat with your business partner, Simon Scriver, about a lot of what you said. And the reason I really wanted to talk to you, Nikki, is because, and I want to hear more about your plans for North America and all of that. But before we do that, I want to go a little bit deeper because I'm in awe of your business model. And I think feel like you might be the key driver in doing some of these things a little bit differently. (laughs) (laughs) So this came to light for me really last year when I saw one of your job postings. And I'm not actually looking for a job. I don't ever really want to have a boss again. But I read your job posting and I thought, holy smokes, if I was going to have a job, I'd like that job because that sounds really cool. So I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about the culture and the values and that fundraising everywhere um, embraces and how you move those into action. And you talked about them a little bit, but let's just go a little bit deeper because I think your culture sets an example for all kinds of businesses and ways of doing things differently now. Uh, that's That's really lovely feedback. Thank you for that. And basically it just comes from if we were in on the other side, how would we want to be treated and what, um, 
you know, what would we want available to us? And we yeah. very much see ourselves as building the the organization that we wish that we'd had when we were employed. Yeah, um, well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for us, it's like, you know, and it, it's hard because often the processes that are in place externally, like when yeah. we're hiring people or when we're working with financial, like accountants and things like that, it's all geared up to... Um, other people um in a negative situation so we're con they're, they're constantly saying you know oh well if you do this you can get away with that and we're like no we want to give our staff holidays like it's okay yeah. um but yeah it very much comes from a way of just when when we have an idea for what we want to do we just stop and think like well are we doing this because it's just how it's always done or, or is there a new way we can do it and we're very fortunate because we're a tiny team obviously mm -hmm. me and Simon are the founders we're not um we're, we're completely bootstrapped we don't have any investments so we don't have any stakeholders uh that we have to um you know make profit for yeah um and we can make decisions really fast and we can adapt if we realize that we're going down the wrong route and we for me it's about well and for simon as well and the whole team it's just about being like human authentic equitable and platform and others like we very much see ourselves as being the facilitator of these connections so we go oh here's someone that needs help here's a mint person that can help them let's bring them together boom like the magic's happened so um that's very much where where our what our conversations look like um and you know from a from an income point of view you know we, we don't make hundreds of, of thousands of pounds with this like as you can imagine you know we're, we're still in the early stages with it but for us it's about the impact that it's making um mm -hmm. feedback that we've had from people coming to the events have ranged from everything from you know thanks to the connections you made and the support I got I've managed to raise my annual income from one funder when previously it would have taken me 30 uh, right up to someone saying you know I was ready to leave the sector I was done but yeah. now you know I've found my love for it again so there's so many different things that people are taking from it and that for me is mm -hmm. the, the main goal so human forward <laughs> equitable mm -hmm. um fostering connections I think one of the things that I really want to amplify is your statement that every time you make a decision you question you think critically about why are you doing this? And that speaks to how ingrained these old patterns are, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got it wrong. I remember the first conference that we did, I was really keen for our speakers to use like, um, like templates so that there was a uniform look to the event. Right. Um, purely from an aesthetic thing, but then yeah. realize that actually that sucks because then that removes any creativity from the speaker and it restricts them from being able to share in a way that's right for them. So, you know, it's not like we get things right all the time, um, but I'd like to think that we respond uh, and, and adapt really quickly when we do realize that we're down that path. And I think sometimes larger organizations struggle mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with pivoting like that uh, mm -hmm. and, and doing that in, in the best way. Well, that's agile, right? That's agile. Mm. Throw it to the wall, see if it sticks. If it doesn't stick, that's fine. <laughs> Fail forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like, and as well, like for us, often we'll get something out that's not really ready 
yeah. yet, but we we say like, look, this is the crack, you know, this is yeah. the plan. For, sorry, um, this is the plan. Um, what do you think? Like, what should we be doing with this? And actually, in September uh, of this year, we're going to launch our manifesto in the sector, which shows our commitment to creating safer spaces to to work for charities and also, you know, making fundraising and working at a charity an amazing thing to do. And when that manifesto launches, it's going to be very much like this is our commitment and plan, but mm-hmm. how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. We need you now to help us come in and, and do that. So I'm really excited for that building the open part oh, of, of the project to work. So by the time this podcast is published, um, your manifesto yes. will have been launched. So it will. we will absolutely make sure that I've got access to that so I can put it in the in the notes for people. Because I think what you're speaking to, what I suspect this manifesto is going to do is create a movement for people who share these values. Yes. And the the URL is going to be fundraisingeverywhere.com forward slash manifesto. I know that for definite. So if anyone wants to check that out as well, they can they can do that while they, they listen to the rest of the podcast. Oh, good. Okay. So let's talk about how you treat your people. What would you like to know? <laughs> well, <laughs> You truly are global, so yes. not not restricted by geography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of a really smart question to ask. I'm just thinking about that job posting and why I wanted to work there. And one of the things I thought it was incredibly progressive because it's like location doesn't matter. You, you know what it was? It was the health and well-being of your people is priority. Yes. What are some ways that that gets moved into action? Do you have any examples for me? So we we have we have people uh, on the team that are, are living with uh, disabilities. We have people on the team that are uh, and have gone, you know, through uh, personal uh, things, both both good and bad, um, and you know, all of those people that have gone through those situations have always said how um, wherever they would have worked previously, they would just never have felt supported and safe to be able to to go through that. Um, and, you know, they've they've thanked us for it, but we're like, no, like this is 100 percent how it should be, you know, giving you space to look after a family member um, shouldn't be something that's, you know, a, a privilege. It's like, you're right. Like your home life is more important. And it goes back to that thing of what I would want, you know, if my son was ill and I needed to take time off, then that's what I would do. So we a hundred percent give that support and that space to our, our employees as well. Um, and we're just constantly talking about it and, 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 and sharing about it. So if they, if they need to take time off work because they're poorly, um, you know, we don't go through the whole formal like back to work that makes people feel like super incom- uncomfortable. It's like a human check in of how are you feeling? You know, what can I help you with? How do we ease you back in um, so that you're you're not kind of um, going backwards? And then we just do like the kind of mandatory tick off thing on, on the HR thing. But it's just about kind of removing all of that um, hierarchy from the interactions that we have. And we actually just treat our staff like fellow human beings because that's mm-hmm. what they are um and like even even to a point of referring to them as staff or employees like makes me feel a bit weird because um, yeah. they're, ta- they're talented people um that yeah. have you know chosen to work with us and, and we feel very privileged for that but that's a very long way of of saying it so just for yeah. um, 
Well, it's again, again, it's about compassion, right? Yeah. What you're doing is I think you're dismantling the traditional power structure Mm. of business and charity. Yeah. And it's been hard because obviously me and Simon have, have, have worked in charities before. So um, I I did like a six or seven year charity stint before I started working for myself and, and he did it a lot longer and it, it'd been in much senior roles. And it's really hard to shake off that feeling of what you think that you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, it's just constantly like just checking in and questioning about what we're doing and is it the right thing? Um, another example as well, just your, your question about how we support people, obviously yeah. remote and different time zones means flexible working. And for us, that's not like, oh, just work wherever you want. It's the timings of that as well. Um, so, uh, you know, like days like today in, in the UK, it's ridiculously hot. So if in the middle of the day, you know, they they have no calls on and, you know, they're feeling a bit, uh, strung out because of the the weather and they just need a break then just they know that they can take a break they don't have to check yeah. in they just take a break and then they come back later it comes down to trust as well like yeah. we brought these people in because we trusted them we knew that they could do the work so we need to give them the space to do that yeah. um and we found that by bringing in the right people who are of that same mindset they actually do the work it's really difficult to work that way with people that don't like reciprocate it um and and you know they 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 question it almost as, as to and it's hard for them obviously to get out of that process of maybe how they've worked before but for people that are like yeah this is meant to be trusted um and I'm, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best to 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 work hard to this then it, it it works like a dream and we feel really fortunate to have the team that we that we do I, you know what I'm thinking about Starbucks <laughs> I'm thinking about why I know, because... are they a massive corporate are they I know, I know I know I know but do you know why because um when my daughter worked at Starbucks she was called a partner they don't they didn't call them staff and I know they're massively oh. corporate and totally opposite of fundraising everywhere and everything yeah. value but but when you say you cringe a little bit at the thought of staff and employees, you really do I, treat your employees like their partners in this social enterprise. And that's what it is. It's a social enterprise. It's yeah. And if for us, like we brought them in because we need, we needed help and we needed people that knew more than us in the areas that they work in. So we have to give them that space to, to show us what they've got. You know, yeah. we didn't want to bring them in and like crush any of that creativity or that drive. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's something that I never had in in in, uh, in in some previous roles. So it's just really important for me to to give that to other people. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a session, and I know you're coming to AFP in November too. And I'm excited. I am. I finally got in. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe now is the time, right? <gasps> And I'm working with um, my friend Mimosa on a session about values. Hmm. And she and I were in conversation yesterday working on um, the benefits of having very clear values. Hmm. And she did highlight the fact that in traditional, I don't actually know where I'm going with this. So bear with me. It might be good. It might not be. I don't know. But she highlighted that we can speak to values as with the ideal that, you know, if you value being at your child's soccer game on Wednesday night, then you have some clear boundaries around that. And you just let your employer know that Wednesdays are not good for you. 
But then traditional power dynamics come into play. And there are some people who don't walk with the same privilege that you and I do, who aren't always able to um, live their values. Hmm. I think so. I mean, I, I think sometimes the people who uh, struggle with um, like their privilege and their powers are often the ones that are riddled with insecurities. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're trying to put this pressure on their team who reflect their performance to make sure that any of their own perceived shortfalls aren't brought to light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that any leaders that find themselves in a position where you know they are putting unnecessary demands on employees or they're not giving employees the same kind of privileges and treatment that they would expect for themselves they really need to assess and look at like right okay what's the root cause of this like what am I afraid of if and because really you know a a leader they should be you know advocating for their team on behalf of their team to whoever's above them you know Mm -hmm. so it, it, it it's hard people need to be able to communicate up down side to side uh, and often, you know, some people, like I mentioned with the insecurities also, you know, with their own aims and, and career progressions and, and just how they've been brought up in a society, which is, you know, you need to climb the career ladder, you need to earn more money, you need to like crush your component and, you know, competition is great. And it's like, we've kind of forgotten how to lift each other up and, and take people with us. But we hope through the work that we do, um, we can be some kind of example of, how to build in the right way and we're not the only ones obviously we learn from other organizations as well and we share what we do mm-hmm. um but it's it's we now that i'm three years into this you can kind of see why organizations cut corners and treat people badly because that's the quickest way to profit yeah. um and for us it's really slow growth but we do believe in this better way um when we started i remember uh, talking to siren and i was like i never want to do any like negative marketing you know it's like if you don't yeah. do this you're gonna suck yeah. for the rest of your life like that kind of thing yeah, yeah. Um, even though we knew that that worked uh because we yeah. were like why would we want to make people feel worse um yeah. but then obviously like the positive marketing like it, it it converts less and it takes time but um yeah I'm kind of keeping a note of everything that's going on and hopefully in the future I'll be able to share like the full journey and, and the learnings from that but until then you know podcasts and, and things like this help us to to share a bit of the snippet from behind the scenes oh my gosh this would be such a good book nikki like that's the plan that's the plan, <laughs> well, because, that's the plan. yeah that's great because it really if people pay attention if people stop take a pause pay attention and go okay what's different about this um it's it becomes very very clear and you mentioned money a few times and i want to you know i want to speak to the skeptics out there are you and and when i was consulting i would always say to organizations that i worked with let's not focus on the budget let's be purpose driven let's focus on our impact and i promise you the money will follow mm-hmm. is that your experience can you see a light are you able if you don't want to answer this question, that's okay. But are you able to support your family with fundraising everywhere? Uh, so Simon and I do get paid. Um, some months it's late, and some months it doesn't happen at all. Um, but that's that's the that's just the the reality of a startup. However, all of our team uh, always get paid uh, on time, um, and all of our invoices actually to other people and suppliers get paid on time. So again, it's that thing of doing things the the right way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's I'm 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 smart, you know, I've got 
the buffer there. So if there are months where, uh, you know, things uh, are slow and coming through, then, you know, the, the lights are going to stay on. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, we're not doing this to, you know, with the goal of, of uh, getting rich, it's about like putting that profit back into, into what we're doing. And I mentioned this on uh, Jason's podcast and, um, you know, the, just a brief from yourself around like the business model from it, you know, we, last year our profit was about 15,000. So it wasn't, you know, masses and masses, but we didn't. No, but that's in pounds, right? So. Oh that, yeah. Uh, no euros actually. Money to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah euros so it's a different currency so I think in pounds that's probably about 10 uh, British but um we didn't and we only paid bonuses to staff uh me and me and Simon didn't uh didn't get any and that was staff that had left as well uh just just before we decided to do that so they still got they still got um a, a bonus because obviously they'd contributed to the year and then we put the rest back into making sure that 2022 had the best start uh, as, as possible um so yeah, that's the that's the reality of it. Um, but like you know, you don't start an organization if you if you're not in it for the for the love of it and the outcomes. But when we're talking to the team as well, like it's always about the impact and the outcome. Obviously, yeah. me and Simon talk budget when we when we speak because obviously, like we're employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the team, yeah, with the team, it's about right. Okay, well, how can we improve? this experience and how can we reach more more people um and and they're really nice conversations to have thank you so much for being so transparent about that because i think skeptics you know it it's very common for folks who run large organizations to look at purpose-driven enterprises like the intersection and fundraising everywhere and go yeah but how are they making money but the money comes it just does it will just come and it also is a shift in how much money do we actually need what feels good for us you know and and the manifesto that I referenced when that launches that's actually going to be more outgoings for the changes that we want to see so we actually want to put the membership income towards improving the sector and creating um, safer and better places to work for fundraisers so that might be you know using the money to pay more trade because you know for those that don't know we, we actually pay all of our speakers and, and people yeah. that are involved in our that events was so. so bizarre Nikki for to do to do a session it was just a little thing um and Simon was like, no, take the money. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take, I'll take this money. Take the money. For, you. Yeah. for you, I'll take yeah. this money because you need to give this to me. But I don't need Exposure to doesn't pay the bills, you know? And again, it goes back to that thing of how do we want to be treated? Um, and we increased it as well. Like when we started, I can't even remember what we started on, but in January of 2021, uh, we upped uh, the amount that we, we, we paid to speakers. So as yet, we're the only uh, events and training organization in the sector to do that. Um, so I'm really, really proud of that. And again, over the years, that's just attracted more and more quality speakers, which means more quality for, for people that, that are in our community. So it definitely helps. Um, but yeah, we want to put that money towards, you know, bringing more um, amazing people in to help our community, you know, funding resources that are going to help people uh, beyond just the events uh, and training that we do. Um, and we want to obviously partner with organizations as well to, 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 to kind of fill some spaces that it's not really our area to do. And I'm in the middle of having conversations with with groups and organizations about how that might look but yeah we're, we're looking at obviously growing what we do and building the sustainable income but we want to put it right back into uh to improving the experience for fundraisers well and again you're modeling a new way forward 
um, for other organizations to, you know, if you guys can do this, you're really charting the path to a new, not just for the sector, but also for entrepreneurs. Um, and there are a lot of entrepreneurs in the charitable space. So it's, it's just bold and brave and super kind. I think that's the one thing is that it's just incredibly kind. Um, and that's what the world, people are gravitating towards that now, you know? Um, so Nikki, yes. there I am. I'm going off on my own little <laughs> bubble there. But, <laughs> but if this conversation were to end right now, what would be mm -hmm. left unsaid? I would love more people to join us. Um, whilst we're building slow, the impact that we can have can happen faster uh, if more people joined our community. Uh, and whether that's becoming a member, you know, being a speaker, partnering with us to deliver an event, or just simply, you know, saying there is a better way of doing this and fundraising everywhere is a great example of it being done well. All of that is fantastic because when we started and as we grew, we always said we didn't want to be the only ones. We didn't want what we do to be held up as an example of, you know, isn't this amazing? It should be the norm, you know, uh, treating people fairly, putting them first, you know, investing in the well-being and and uh, and confidence and skills of people. All of that should be things that you get from your from your work. You know, you are a human. You you should be valued, and you're there because you make the you know your charity and your organization money. So it needs to be pushed back uh, by way of improving you and, and what you do. So I would love uh, to hear from uh, some of your listeners and they can email email me at Nikki at fundraisingeverywhere.com uh, and tell me how they would like to, to get involved. Uh, I would love to hear from them um, and I would definitely love their feedback about what we should be doing for uh, a North American audience as well. Mm, yes, that's what we need. We need more fundraising everywhere in North America. Yes. Yes. We do have, um, uh, uh, obviously our events are online, so anyone can join in. Yes. Um, yeah. And we, we do have a great community of, of North American fundraisers on in, in the, in the, in what we do already, but we know with time zones and speakers and topics, we've yeah. learned that it needs to be really like specific to you. Uh, so again, we want to respond to that and, and move with you. So that's the plan. Do you really think that um, I have been to conferences in, you know, IFC, I've been there many times. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that the sector is that different in North America? Are the markets that different? I mean, maybe not between Canada and Europe. I know the United States is a little bit different. <laughs> so the <laughs> not massively i think the, the kind of challenges that we that we face like in in personal in in and uh and structurally yes they're, they're quite similar but just where our supporters are at and where our um economies are like you know there's yeah. there's, there's definitely like different things with that and there's there's different um spaces as to where we are in progress so in australia um, you know, they're, they're far ahead of uh, the UK in terms of the work that we're doing, that they're doing with digital. So I think there's definitely things that overlap and weave, but there is definitely a, a need there for, um, I guess, like regional uh, and location specific things, because, mm. you know, even in the UK, like the difference of charities in the North compared to the South will be completely different. So mm -hmm. uh, internationally, that, that's only going to uh, be, be more magnified. Right. Yeah. Great point. 
great point. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for, uh, for, for having me on and, and just asking great questions. I, I, I really love sharing behind the scenes of what we're doing. Um, we were very aware when we started um, that the audience that we built was very much because of the work that Simon and I had done uh, with our consultancy stuff. And we're aware now that we're reaching more people that we don't really know like who we are and why we, why we started up. So it's really lovely to just be able to share and be open about what we're working on. And we'll continue to answer any questions like these, you know, even if it's on Twitter or by email or people want to get us onto podcasts or events or whatever, like we would love for people to have more of an insight as to what happens behind the scenes. Well, I'm just, like I said, I'm in awe of fundraising everywhere. And I just think it's fabulous. And uh, I look forward to more events next year and that manifesto. I, you know, do I get, do people get to sign it? Do people, are people going to sign on as support? Is it like a pledge? Oh, of- if they want to, like, I'm just open to anything. Like it's, it's going to be our commitment and pledge as to where we're going, you know, and, and, and what we're, what we're doing it for. Um, if people want to back it, you know, yeah, they can do it by, you know, getting involved. They can join as a member. They can give us feedback. We, they can come to our round tables where we're, where we're asking people, you know, what's going on and what do they need help with? So yeah, we'll work it out when it's out there. We really want it to be a collaborative thing. Yeah. Well, I want to take a box and put my name beside it is what I want to do. So cool. We would love that. Thank you. (laughs) All right. No, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Kimberly. Nikki, thank you so much for being so open and candid about how you are building a profitable values driven business. I loved being in conversation with you. And dear listener, thank you for spending time here today. Remember to check out the fundraisingeverywhere.com forward slash our manifesto. And if you were interested in hearing more about speaking and online conferences, uh, you can visit, you can check out in the show notes. We've got our link to uh, the podcast with Nikki's business partner, uh, Simon Scriver. So remember to like, subscribe, share this podcast so more folks can join us in conversation. And of course, as always, if you would like to talk to me about your work, your goals, your dreams, and your success, you can book a time with me at intersectionhub.ca. See you next time.